Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. more than just a podcast. Uh, good morning, good afternoon or good evening as George would say. This is more than just a podcast and our first outside broadcast of the season. We're in the West Ham Supporters Club. I can't believe they've let a mockney like me in but I'm here with proper cockney Nigel Khan. Hi Nigel. You alright Sean? Yeah they let me in because I pay cash. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell the story I asked? Did they take debit cards? Yeah Sean tried to go in and pay £2 on a debit card to get in the Supporters Club. And George is outside because he's been refused entry to uh, the West Ham Supporters Club. Not because he's from Surrey, because they're uh, members only now. Well, that's it. The East Enders have filled it up because we get here early. Hey! Yeah, but there's been a problem on the train. So, Nigel, quick prediction for tonight. Uh, who did, well, I know you know the team because it's just come out. But um, what, what do you, how will we set up? Who's going to score the goals? And what will be the end result? Uh, I think we'll play with uh, Sacco up front. Lanzini perhaps bombing around him uh, and then we'll probably beat the 2-0 nil, nil nil at half time 0-0 nil nil at half time 0-0 nil nil at half time, 2-0 nil win 2-0 nil win, who's going to score the goals? Uh, noble penalty and uh, we'll go Payet Good captain, Mark Noble Mark Noble's the best captain, he's the captain he has to be captain because he's the only one from West Ham And someone said uh, he's the first West Ham captain and you corrected them. What, what's the truth? He's not the... He's, well, uh, Ken Brown was born in Forest Gate, which was the old borough of West Ham, so technically he was born in the borough of West Ham, but uh, Mark Noble's probably the the captain that's the nearest born to the ground, for sure. OK. Just going to the Olympics, James, I know it's your favourite subject. A little birdie tells me you're going on Thursday for your appointment. Uh, looking forward to that? Shouldn't listen to birds. Yeah. Yeah. What, what where do you think you might sit? Uh, inside the stadium. Yeah. What what kind of band ticket might you get? Uh, either band uh, <laughs> 1966 or band four. Well, there's only band two on option, so it'll be somewhere in or around those three bands. You won't be in corporate entertainment then. I definitely won't be in corporate entertainment though. No. Yeah. Are you taking uh, extra season tickets along with you to add plus two? <laughs> Uh, I, I think, uh, yes, I'll bring in some well-known, respected friends of mine. <laughs> Excellent, Nigel. Well, that's our uh, outside broadcast from the West Ham Supporters Club. Can't believe they let us in. And now we're outside to uh, see uh, poor old George outside, because John's not here tonight. Cheers, Nigel. Cheers, Sean. And we're finally reunited with uh, George. George, yeah. George, <laughs> yeah. Who was, was denied permission because you're from... Sorry, and you're a mockney? I don't think it was that. I think it was because I turned up late. 
Yeah, we've all not had a nightmare not getting late, there. Not late, but too late to get into sports club. Yeah, nightmare for you, journey. Uh, as uh, Reese would say, how was your journey in, uh, George? Not very good. I got a train straight from work, got to Mile End and sat on a district line train for 10 minutes without it moving. So I decided to get off it, uh, get back on the central line to Stratford and then got a bus from Stratford to here. So it's a bit of a palaver. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Reese's comments, but I had a similar journey. I went to Waterloo, uh, went on the Jubilee line and then we were stopped at West Ham. They closed West Ham station because a person was taken ill at Upton Park and they made us all get out after about a 20-minute wait at uh, Plasto, and we had to walk down Dodgy Alley. But I met a really nice Finland guy who's come to watch Finnish. his... Finnish guy who's come to watch his fifth match. And I said, why do you support West Ham? And what do you think he said? Uh, trying to think of a Finnish player. I don't know. Apparently, Carl Jenkins' mother is Finnish, yeah, by the way. That's true. Yes, she is. He had a chance to play for Finland. But the reason he said this, he said, I'm really an Arsenal fan, but I can never get tickets to watch Arsenal. <laughs> and West Ham tickets are cheap. Then, is it? <laughs> it's a rubbish reason. I walked him all down Dogshit Alley to the ground, and then he tells me he's an Arsenal fan. He only comes to West Ham because he can, the availability of tickets and the tickets are cheaper. It's probably true. It's true. But at least he was honest. So, George, um, our first outside broadcast of the season, as we promised. That's the first one for a while, I think. Yeah. When was the last time we'd done it? A long time ago. Liverpool, maybe, away? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So here we are. We're in uh, the concourse in the Sir Trevor Brook in Lower. You're drinking a warm Carlsberg beer. It's actually cold, this one, but it's because I'm here early, so... And it costs you, I'm just looking... £4.60. £4.60. It is the size of a pint, I've realised. So. Is it really the size of a pint? 500 millilitres. I don't think that's I a pint. Pint's 568, but it's closer than a can, anyway. Yeah. So, George, um, I don't know if the team's been announced, but I was told beforehand the team was announced that uh, OBN would be the missing. Teams, the teams are announced, and they, right? you are right. OBN has been put on the bench and Moses has taken his place so it'll be interesting to see how we set up considering uh, our sources close to West Ham told us they were paying between 175 and 185,000 pound a game for Victor Moses I guess we had to play yeah I think he's a proven Premier League player so you know best start him so what, what, what do you think today? Well, obviously, he's stuck with the same team. Carl Jenkinson has been left, and main right-back. Tompkins has got the, the nods. How do you think we're set up, and, and how do you think we play at home? Well, I'm glad that's happened. I'm glad Tompkins has kept his place. He deserves it. Uh, I don't know. He, he can't tell how we're going to play. I thought we would beat Leicester and Bournemouth, and we didn't. I didn't think we'd beat... Arsenal Liverpool and we did so we'll, we'll, we'll go for it at home though uh, I th I think we won't park the bus and then take the handbrake off well that is what probably we should do but what, I think park the bus and take the handbrake well, it's worked away yeah. five times um, uh, and when we went to try and get the game we've made defensive mistakes and cost us games so prediction I'll go for a West Ham win I'm going to say 2-1 Andy Carroll header in the 78th minute and the other goal uh, will be Lanzini yeah, I'm really glad, just putting my point of view, I'm really glad Lanzini, they kept the faith in him, because it would have been easier just to put the new boys in. Um, so, I'm optimistic, 
If truth be known, this is my first home game of the season. I miss both Bournemouth and Leicester, so I'm hoping to be a luck. I predict a West Ham win. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win as well, and I will go for a Mark Noble penalty and an Andy Carroll substitute winning goal when it's 1-1. There you go. You heard it here first. Pretty much got me in my prediction, really. What did you say? I almost exactly did you that. say? I didn't I listen. Said Lanzini would score you said Lanzini. Okay. Am I a copycat? <laughs> yeah. We should just cover why John's not here. Uh, why is John not here? He doesn't have an excuse, I don't think. He doesn't really like evening games, does he, if it's it, to be fair? Uh, he doesn't, no. Um, and he's got, he has early starts. But everyone has early starts, so, you know. Uh, he did sell his ticket on Ticket Trader, though. He did. He managed to get rid of it at last minute. How much did he get? I don't know. I guess whatever the face value per ticket is. Is it 45 quid, 30, 38 quid or something like that? Yeah. Anyway, it's... Uh Half past Ooh, seven. Look at that. It's half past seven. His Apple Watch. Yeah. It's half past I seven. Watch. We're not usually here half an hour before. What do we do half an hour I before? I don't know. It's a bit strange, isn't it? It's, it's very empty here. I've never really seen it this empty. Um, Should we go out to the pitch and see what's going on? If there's. Oh, we could see DJ. Um, DJ Leon. Leon. Okay, come on, let's go out. I'll Busting his moves. Yeah, yeah, we'll finish your beer. Anyway, we'll talk to you later. Good build up to the game. We're, we're now in our seats in Trevor Brook in Lower. Exciting. Exciting. Victor Moses is playing instead of Obiang. Same team apart from Matt George. Yeah. yeah. What? What? Same team except for Victor Moses. Correct. <laughs> are you excited? There's dramatic music being played. The bubbles are, are blowing. And we're, we're how long away? We're seconds away from kickoff, George. It is exciting, yes, sure. I hope the game lives up to how it's being prepared. Do you feel the tension mounted? No. <laughs> I just hope it's a good game of football. Yeah. Actually, this music's not really helping, actually. Here come the teams. Come on, you irons. Teams about two minutes before kickoff now.
Assist by uh, Mark Noble, I think. Good, good goal, really good goal. Didn't muck around by it. Two goals, one assist so far this season. One nil to the Cockney boys after eight minutes. George. Uh, he's alright. I love him. Scored a good goal. Very good goal. Jenkins is coming on to replace Ogbonna, who's uh, injured, he's limping. So, Carl uh, Jenkinson comes on as right wing, which means James Tompkins will go as a centre back. Well done, Sean. Thank you very much. Ooh, so close for Victor Moses getting his first goal. It was almost one on one, but wasn't on target. Good effort. Was that unlucky for Victor Moses? Victor Moses. <laughs> or was that rubbish? Should he had it, got it on target? Uh, I think Victor was unlucky there. Uh, running hard. He was being chased down. His, defender on his tail. Uh, good break. He looks good though, doesn't he, Victor? Worth 185 grand a game. We'll see. We'll see. 43 minutes gone. Still 1-0 to West Ham. Two minutes before half-time if you haven't worked that out. Plus added time. We've just heard from John back in the studio that Ogbonna has got a hamstring, which you already know by now if you, uh, you're listening to this podcast. Just signal one added minute. That's it, half time. West Ham one, Newcastle nil. Now we're expecting the boys of 86. Good first half, George B went a bit flat after our goal. Yeah, we started well. 
Uh, we've been the better team. Definitely more chances. Yeah, a few good chances, but we need a second goal now. Yeah, we could do another goal and another goal, really. If we go 2 0 up and they score one, then I reckon we'll go. Yeah, well, we're now waiting for Frank McAvenny um, and Tony Cotty and, and the boys of 86 come out half time. Yeah. <laughs> second half about to start. We saw the boys of 86, Frank McAvenny and Tony Cotty, Paul Goddard, Phil Parks and the rest of them. Kick off, second half. West Ham 1, Newcastle nil. if you didn't know already. So I said earlier we need another goal though. Uh, I think if Newcastle get one back, we'll get a bit shaky. Crowd will get nervous, players will feel it. We're alright now. We're right at the moment, yeah, but I would like five minutes goal. to go though. I'd like another goal, please. I'd like uh, Lanzini to come off and Antonio to come on, please. That'd be good. How about Andy Carroll? Uh, Andy Carroll come on 80 minutes, 75 minutes, I reckon. Okay, alright. I'll pass the message on to Slav. Obian is coming on, let's see who the change is for. Lanzini's coming on, off, rather. The big applause. And Obian's coming on. Good save by Randall. Probably the only save he's got to do for the whole game. 21 minutes gone in the second half. Randolph makes a good save. We've got a uh, free kick just outside the box. 23 minutes on the clock in the second half. Could this be goal number three, George? Hope so. <laughs> enthusiastic. Well, uh, you're doing all the work for me, Sean. I need to be enthusiastic, do I? No. Ooh! Was hard and low, but not on target. He listened to you. Uh, I don't think he should have shot from there, to be honest. Really? You he, said hard and low? Yeah, into the box, not at the goal. <laughs> True. Over the post. So, uh, 
Over the bar, over the bar. He tipped over the bar. Thanks, Sarah, for that. <laughs> over the post. Over the post. That's a very good save. Yeah, it was, was. Look, we've seen a replay. Very good. After eight months, Andy Carroll is about to come back onto the pitch. Andy Carroll. And the whole of Bowling Ground stand up as Andy Carroll comes on. Off comes Victor Moses. Off comes... slow walk. Three minutes left. seconds left on the clock. Here comes the ball. How long have we got to go? Three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes of added time. 2-0 to the Cookney boys. That's it. Full time. West Ham 2. Newcastle 0. Fifth place in the league. I think Newcastle go down to bottom on goal difference. Below Sunderland. Right, well we're post-match now. We are actually in a car driving home. In your car, not in my in, in my <laughs> car. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're in a car. We, we are in David Sullivan's uh, <laughs> Rolls Royce <laughs> with his chauffeur. Oh, right there, yeah. So yeah, we won. Uh, we're fifth place in the Premier League, and uh, Chelsea are seventeenth, Newcastle are twentieth, and uh, it was it was a good performance, wasn't it, George? It was a very good performance all round. Would you like me to hold this once yeah. you go? Uh, it was a very good performance all round. I think James Tompkins was my man of the match, but understand Dimitri Payet would have been man of the match for his two goals and his good performance. Uh, I was very impressed with Victor Moses. Yeah, I, I thought Victor Moses did really well, and it's unlucky he didn't get the goal. Um, he was really gutted about that. Yeah, yeah, he was. He had his hands. Oh, whilst everyone else was celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you've scored a goal. But Payet was, was good. You said Payet looked a bit tired at the end. I thought Moses and Payet looked tired at the end. Yeah. Uh, and he took Moses off. I brought Andy Carroll on for the last five minutes, who didn't really do much apart from nearly get sent off. Did he? I didn't see that. I saw him go up for his first knock and nearly get a goal in. Uh, I think he went up with his foot in the air and caught Krull, um, but I think because he'd just come on and Krull didn't make a big deal out of it, I'd imagine because they're oh, friends from their Newcastle times. Yeah. I don't really think it was a sending off, but no, it was. No. Anyway, uh, John missed out. Um, good night. Um, it's my first home game of the season, and it was a win, so I must be lucky. Has uh, James Tompkins been involved in every win this year? Someone tweeted out. Yeah, he would have been, yeah. And another stat is West Ham have scored uh, 
in every one of our five opening games, which is the first time this century, as someone pointed out, that means it's only 15 years ago. Well done, you. And um, we've scored 10 goals this season. We're second, I think, only behind or we're joint. No, no, I, I think we're just behind um, Man City that scored 11. We've scored 10 goals. We're second with the most goals this season. And we've got the second best goal difference as well, I noticed. Well, in the top five, anyway. Um, we're on plus five. I think Man City are on plus 11 or something stupid. But We've just we've just gone above uh, Palace. Who, and, and George and myself are going to Palace away soon, so that will be a good game. Uh, and we're just below Arsenal, who are in fourth place. Um, did I mention Chelsea in 17th place? I think you did, yeah. <laughs> That's, we're really happy. Anyway, onwards and upwards. Um, we better do predictions, or should we introduce our, our special guest or not now? Uh, let's do predictions first, and then let's pass yeah. over to you and the special guest. Yeah. Uh, so, City. City away. Uh, half five kickoff, isn't it? It is half five kickoff live on Sky. Um, given the results away at the two big clubs we've played out already, who knows what's going to happen. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 West Ham win. Bloody hell. <laughs> Sergio is injured. I think Ayala Torre will score for them. And uh, Paye, Moses and Carroll will score for us. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be as optimistic, but I am going to go for a win. I'm going to say we park the bus, we take the handbrake off, we move it around again like we did at, at Anfield. And I'm going to go for a one nil win. Mr. Payet, Dimitri Payet, will score yet again and be the hero of the hour. And we will win one nil at uh, the Etihad Stadium in the city of Manchester. So that's uh, pretty much it. Aspect. Except for our special guest. Yeah. So today at the uh, at the game, the boys of '86 were introduced after their uh, big win against Newcastle 30 years ago. What was the score? Was it eight-one? Eight-one. Something stupid like that. Eight-one. Uh, so Who got the hat trick. Who got the hat trick in that? Do you know? Frank McAvenny. Nope. Mark Ward. Nope. Tony Cotty. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. It was. Oh, it was Alvin <laughs> He Martin. doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> I think it was. Alvin. Oh, it was Alvin Martin. You're right. Yeah, Alvin yeah. Martin. <laughs> Frank Megavini got one of the eight, um, and Alvin Martin got a hat trick. Uh, so at half time, Tony Cotty and Co came out, and earlier last week, Sean actually caught up with the man himself, didn't you, Sean? Yeah, this is just before the Newcastle game. I caught him just before the Newcastle game, and he talks about uh, in the in the run up to it. But uh, we, uh, it's it's our third Clarence Hugh interview, and we released a few of the the snippets on um, Clarence Hugh. But here he is, the big man, the legend. It's Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tony Cotty, TC. And then after the interview, we're gone. So, come on, you irons. Come on, Bye. And we welcome back uh, to the more than just a podcast interview in association with Clarence Hugh, our third Clarence Hugh interview. Um, he's coming back after a two-year absence to the podcast. 
he should need no introduction. He scored 146 goals in 336 appearances over two spells at West Ham. And he was part of the 1986 team who finished third in the league. It's the other half to Frank McAvenny. It's Tony Cotty. Hi, Tony. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, we, we spoke to uh, Frank McAvenny a couple of weeks ago and... Uh, and asked him for his views because obviously we've got the theme game of the 1986 boys of 86 as you're known uh, coming up the Newcastle game we were pre-recording this just before um, the Newcastle game um, so uh, by the time people listen to it they will know the result but I'm sure they won't hold you to that um, <laughs> what, do you know what the club's got planned what, what, what's, uh, is it just, just getting the old boys together and, and parading out on the pitch well I, I think um, it the connection is the probably one of the most famous games from that season, Sean, which was the home game against Newcastle, where we won the match 8-1. And uh, I think uh, the club are looking to sort of theme the home games with it being the last season at the bowling. You know, they're trying to do different themes to different games, and they, they designate this one a, a Boys of 86 game. So, um, I mean, beyond that, I, I've, I've had a letter from Karen Brady, I think, as most of the boys have, you know, inviting us to go to the game. Um, I was I was going to be going to the game anyway. Um, I think most people know I work for Sky, and obviously Saturdays I can't get to West Ham as much as I'd love to. So whenever there's a, a midweek game or a Sunday game, I, I, I belong. So I was always going to the game anyway. In terms of what they're doing for us, um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I'm sure we'll have a, a meal and sit in the lounges and Fine, maybe... Man. Um, pie and mash, whatever they want to serve us is fine. I love pie and mash. Um, they might get us out on the pitch either before or at half time at some stage. But to be quite honest with you, I'm just looking forward to catching up with Frank, really, um, uh, and Waldy as well. I think Mark Ward's coming down from Liverpool. Um, I mean, I see quite a bit of uh, Phil Parks and Alan Devonshire who work in the lounges. So um, I, I see them quite often, but with the other two boys, I don't get to see them that much. Yeah. So it'll be nice just yeah. to catch up and reminisce probably about the game 30 years ago and, uh, you know, obviously look forward to seeing how the boys are doing this year. Well, we spoke to Frank a few weeks ago and we asked him about your time and, and we sort of asked him about, you know, you know your, your partnership in, in that famous season and we said, well, you know, how, how did the partnership form? And he said it just clicked, you know, the first game, literally. You, it just worked. What, what's, what's your memories of your partnership with Frank? Well, pretty much the same as Frank, really. I think um, I, I don't think I, I don't think we planned for it to happen because I think uh, you know quite a few people actually forget that when when Frank was signed by John Lyle, the manager, you know he was actually signed to play just behind me and Paul Goddard. You know we was yeah, the okay. first first choice front two from the season before, um, and we had a awful pre-season where we didn't play particularly well and we was experimenting with all sorts of formations. And then when we got to the actual first game, which was away at Birmingham, um, Paul Paul got a dislocated his shoulder after about 40 minutes, came off and pretty much didn't play for most of the, the rest of the season. So, you know, John Lowe had to think quickly. He pushed Frank uh, up to play alongside me and Alan Dickens sort of came on in midfield. And, um, you know, it certainly didn't click in that first game because we lost to, at Birmingham. And the first sort of six or seven games, we, we didn't... I think we only won one of the first seven games. There was no sort of obvious signs of the great season it was going to turn out to be but I think Frank pretty much he banged in a couple in the first home game against QPR which was that one and only win in the first seven and you know Frank pretty much straight away started firing the goals in and I, I think it took me a while to get going I just had a bit of a sluggish start to the season but I would say from sort of six games onwards 
you know, we was both smashing the goals in and we was getting wonderful service from the likes of Alan Dickens and Alan Devonshire, Mark Ward. And we had a, had a fantastic back four and a, and a world-class goalkeeper. So it was pr- probably no surprise looking back that we actually did have a good season because we had some really, really good players. But I love playing with Frank and, you know, once we both got into gear scoring goals and, you know, they, we, we knew what we was doing. John Lowe worked the training around us. Everything was get the ball into Frank and Tony as quick as possible and, you know, get, turn the defences, get good quality service into them. And, you know, with the players we had, that made our life a lot easier. So it was it was, it was was a fantastic season when you look back, you know, just to be a part of it. Mm. He said he said uh, something that surprised me. He said it was never about a competition between the two of you who could score most goals, even though he got more. Um, he said it was about the team. He said, you know, if I would slot it over to Tony and Tony would slot it over to me, it wasn't about who scored the most goals. And he actually said he wasn't on a goal bonus. He said if he refused no. a goal bonus because he said, I think he said he was on £200 a week. He said, you know, if he, if he got a goal bonus, he would have been greedy. Yeah, well, we didn't know. I don't think they had goal bonuses back in those days. We wasn't we wasn't paid well enough to worry about goal bonuses and appearances. And it was. It, I mean, a lot of it was about the team, and that you know that came from the manager and the good players we had. Um, you know, I think I think I was certainly a more of a, a selfish striker than Frank. Um, Frank was very much a team player, and you know his work rate was fantastic. Um, and I basically I, I had to up my work rate to compete with what Frank was doing because Frank was chasing down defenders and I predict he wasn't doing it at the start of the season. So, you know, we, I had to alter my game, uh, but it, it helped me to become a better player. And, you know, he's quite right. It was about the team. Um, but, I, in, I mean, in my mind, because I was the selfish goal scorer, um, I was very focused on being the top scorer for the season. So I was... I was delighted for Frank because like, I love Frank and he was, it was a wonderful achievement when he did that season. But I was also disappointed in myself that I hadn't been the top goal scorer. Um, you know, in the, my first spell at the club, there was only one season I wasn't top goal scorer and that was that actual season, which was the most successful one. So um, I always put myself under pressure to be top scorer, hmm. but it was the one season I, I didn't make it. But I don't begrudge Frank. I was, you know, I was thrilled for him. Um, but I, I put it right the following season and I was the top scorer and Frank was, was sort of second behind me. <laughs> well, we look forward to, to seeing you at the bowling ground. I'm sure you're going to get a great reception on Monday night um, uh, when, we, when we play Newcastle and hopefully looking for our first home win. Let's move you up to the modern day. Obviously, since the last time we spoke to you, Sam Allardyce has left, Kevin Nolan's left the club and I know you've recently written about that. Um, have you got any thoughts with hindsight on, on the tenure of people like um, Kevin Noland and uh, uh, Sam Allardyce? Well, I, to be honest with you, Sean, I look back and, you know, I, I've, I've said it publicly and I'll say it again. I said, I think we should we should applaud them and thank them, really, because, they, you know, they both came into the club when there was absolute disarray. We'd been relegated under, you know, our worst ever manager, Avram Grant, who was absolutely awful. Um, got relegated. The team spirit was poor. Um, confidence was low and the club decided to bring Big Sam in and at the same time he pretty much straight away bought in Kevin Nolan, a player he trusted uh, a player that he knew would be a good captain and uh, I think over the four years I think um, you know Kevin proved himself to be a good captain <coughs> excuse me, I know he wasn't everyone's cup of tea uh, you know, in terms of the fans but you know you get players like that but one thing he did do, he scored goals for the club and he was a good captain yeah. and then you look at Big Sam, you know Sam's brief was to Get us back in the Premier League. We had, we all had that wonderful day out at Wembley. Um, you know when we beat Blackpool, 
uh, what's it, four years ago now. It's, it's yeah. amazing how quick time goes, but we had a great day at Wembley, and since then we've had three um, successful seasons back in in the Premier League. So, you know, I think we, you know, it's, it's easy to be critical, but I think it's it's harder to praise people. And, you know, I always look at the, the football side of things, you know, really, you know, rather than looking at personalities or whether you like people or don't like people, you know, if you look at it from a purely football point of view, Sam did his job and so did Kevin Nolan. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. And I think they were both servants of the club when we look back out, you know, away from the emotions. Let's move on to modern day. Slavin Bilic um, obviously joined the club, seems to be a fan's favourite or was a fan's favourite. When we spoke to Frank a few weeks ago, he said that he, you know, he would have liked Eddie Howe, but you know, saw that he thought that you know, Bilic would get on well. What's your views on Bilic on how he will get on uh, this season and, and seasons to come? Well, I think first and foremost, I think it was a bit of a gamble when we let Sam go because obviously it's a massive season for the club. You know, we're going into the Olympic Stadium and the one thing we do need to be at the end of this season is a, is a Premier League club. So um, the one thing Sam guaranteed was Premier League football. So from that point of view, it was a big gamble to, to let him leave. Um, but once once that became clear that he was leaving the club, um, in my mind, there was only one obvious candidate. Um, I know the club was heavily linked with Rafa Benitez and many other people. Um, Eddie Howe, I agree with Frank, would have been a great choice, but he wasn't going to leave Bournemouth because they just got promoted to the Premier League. So, yeah. um, you know, once it became apparent that we um, we might be going down the foreign route or looking at other alternatives, you know, Slavin for me was head and shoulders. He'd, he'd done his um, above everyone. I mean, he'd done his apprenticeship. He'd managed at Croatia, the Siktas. Um, you know, he'd done good jobs. He'd managed in the Champions League, in you know, European Championships. Um, he played for West Ham, which I think was really, really key and important. He he, he had a great time at the club. He's, he's a fantastic lad. He's, he's got a very British mentality about things. And, um, you know, I, I knew that he would come in and do a good job. I know we've had a, a sticky start. You know, the two home games have not been good, but the two away games have been brilliant. Um, but for me, he was the man with the right credentials. It, it's always important to try and get a manager that understands the philosophy of the club. You know what the supporters want. You know what what is demanded, what is expected of you as a West Ham player. And Slavin understands all that. You know whether he can deliver is two is two completely different issues. Well, um, yeah, and you know, he's almost but, got hero status for winning in Anfield <laughs> in the first time in 53 years, and obviously exactly. a winning at the Emirates for the first time in I don't know. Well, until we beat them, I think we were the first team to beat them. And we haven't yeah, that's right. That in but since. I mean, all, yeah, I mean they're great achievements, obviously, but all that counts for nothing. You know, if we don't win another home game and we get relegated, that won't count for well, anything. So. Yeah, you know, that's that is, what I want to pick you up on. So, yeah. what is going wrong, Frank? Uh, what is going wrong, Tony? Even about um, the home games, where 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 is it going wrong? Well, I think um, I think a lot of it nowadays is about tactics. Um, you know, we we are obviously uh, a team that is probably more suited to playing away from home. I think this it doesn't just apply to us. There's probably 16, 15, 16 teams in the Premier League that it applies to. The big clubs find it easier because they've got the best players. And because if you've got the best players, you've got more chance of winning home games. Um, perhaps we need to look at our formation, our setup. Uh, maybe we need to try and get two up front in, the, in whatever way that can be um, materialised. I don't, you know, I'm just thinking out loud. You know, ways of us perhaps being a bit more expressive, uh, creating more chances. But, you know, I haven't said all that, you know, but I haven't seen live any of our games this year, so it's in a way it's not really fair for me to comment. But a good friend of mine, Tony Gale, um, he's, he was at both the Leicester and the Bournemouth games, and, you know, he said that defensively, we, you know, we 
commit suicide, really. You know, poor defensive performances, in the, particularly in the first half of both games. And, you know, if you're 2-0 down to Leicester or Bournemouth, let alone Man City or Chelsea, you're not going to win a Premier League game. And, you know, we've, we've made it really difficult for ourselves. So although we can improve things going forward, I think first and foremost, you know, we need to sort our defensive issues out. You know, our full-backs were superb last year and have started the season slowly, so we need to get them back on form. We need to work out what's our best pairing at centre-half. You know, Winston Reid, I think, probably picks himself. You know, personally, I like James Tompkins, but we've got, um, uh, is it Obbiner? Ob- I'm, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Obbiner, yeah. Obbiner, yeah. He's, he's obviously a good player as well. And then you've got James Collins. So, you know, there's four very good centre-halves here, and we've just got to work out what is our best back for. Um, get our keeper well, back one, in goal. One question, actually, we had from, from Joan, one of our listeners for you, which is, who would be your first cho- choice centre-backs? Um, because it's a shame to drop Tompkins, but actually, and there's another question, he's, he's done really well with the right-back. The right-back, and exactly. It's yeah. interesting whether, whether we, you know, we should have Tompkins as a right-back ahead of Carl Jenkins, and it's, uh, because he's, he's played so well in that, that position. Oh. At, um, well, he has, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good defensive player, James. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like him. Uh, personally, you know, I would, I, I would go for... Uh, Tomkins and Reader centre halves and Cole and Aaron um, as the fullbacks. Um, I've not seen enough of Ogbonna to to make a fair assessment of him. Uh, you know, I think he's done well in some games. I, would, I did. I was at the European game. Uh, I can't remember they played. Um, who Astro was? It? I can't remember which team they played. Astro is one of Yeah, but he didn't play particularly well in that and got an own goal. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about opinions, but the the main person, the main opinion is Savin and, and Julian Dix as well now, obviously, at the club, and they're the ones who see them week in, week out, day in, day out, and, you know, they they can make judgments. But I, I always felt that the first 10 games particularly was going to be a settling in period for, for both, both the two guys on the coaching staff because, you know, they've got to work out which players are best, you know, who, who is the best in those positions, like we just discussed, and... Obviously, they they've got to work out a, a winning formation, and and just as importantly, the players have got to get used to a new manager. So, you know, yeah. I think um, you know people are critical of their home performances, and probably quite rightly so. But if you'd have said to any West Ham fan, bearing in mind we was away to Arsenal, away to Liverpool, if you'd have said we're going to have six points out of twelve out of the first four games, everyone would have said, yeah, I think we'll settle for that. We'll win the two home games, probably yeah. lose, probably lose the two away games as usual. Um, and that's what we would have said. So, you know, at the end of that season, when you add up the points, it doesn't, you know, no one's, well, people will remember because it was a special, two special performances. But, you know, it doesn't matter where you get the points, as long as you've got enough points to stay in that Premier League or if you're challenging for Europe or whatever it might be, you've got enough points to be doing it. Mm. Well, we've got a great opportunity on Monday because we, 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 for the first time in, in living memory, We've got so much quality in the squad. We don't know who the first team's going to be because we yeah. had a fantastic transfer day. You know, the chairman put his hand in his pocket. Uh, our estimate is, is 37 million net spend over the summer. Uh, you know, we've got Moses, we've got Antonio, we've got Jelovic, we've got um, some, some great signings on, on the day, including obviously Alex Song coming back from transfer day. Yeah. What, what's your view of the summer signings and... and you know who who you think the stars will be this season out right, with them. Well, I think um, I mean I've seen Antonio play for Forest. He's a he's a, he's a good player, a local lad as well, London boy. <coughs> you know, wants to wants to be in London, which is great. So I think he'll be an exciting signing. Victor Moses, I've always been a fan of. He just really needs to find a home. You know, he's been sort of going around a few of the clubs, hasn't he? It hasn't quite worked for him at Chelsea. So you know, again, another exciting player. 
Um, Alex Song, it just depends which Alex Song we're signing. If it's the pre-Christmas one, happy days. If it's the after-Christmas one, then you know I'm not sure he'll be playing in the team. Um, and Jelovic again, he's a he's a player that Slaven knows really well, being Croatian, and you know he'll be a great addition to the squad. Um, you know when we get Anna Valencia back, Andy Carroll back, we've got Sacco, and we've got Jelovic, we've got four fantastic forwards. And I've always said if you want to win anything or try and achieve anything in the Premier League, you have to have four very good forwards. And we've got that now. We've got four good centre halves, good fullbacks, good goalkeeper an abundance of midfield players. So, I mean, you, you're quite right, you touched on me. This is probably our strongest squad, uh, probably since the Harry Redknapp days, you know, with the, the Canios and the one chops and, mm. you know, all the guys that we had. You know, we had a few of the uh, Joe Coles and Glenn Johnsons and all them boys, the foes and et cetera, you know. So they, we had a really good squad at the turn of the century. It's probably our best and strongest squad for 15 years. So as a result of that, you know, we... I always say we're in the we're in the second division in the Premier League. You know, you've got the top six or seven that are going to compete for Europe, and then you know our aim is to be at the top of of the other thirteen teams, if you like. So, you know, if we in other words, if we have a good season, I expect us to be eighth, ninth, tenth, and certainly in the top ten. And you know, a very good season would see us challenging for a Europa League place, like what Southampton did last year. Um, but you know, if we have a bad season, then you know we could quite easily get relegated, as we have done. You know, as history has proven. So, you know, it's, it's it's a really really important season for us. But I think, as a West Ham fan, which I am, you are, and all the the fans around the world, we should all quite rightly be, you know, a little bit excited about what's going to happen over the course of this season because we've got some really really good players. Yeah, you you touched on uh, four strikers, and and one of our listeners, Neil, asked where Andy Carroll fits in to a yep. Slav and Village team. Where, where do you see him fitting in? Well, again, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to answer. I mean, obviously, Big Sam had Andy down as his number one, and that was you know, that was quite obvious. You know, when he was fit, Andy played. Um, Slavin will look at things. I think, uh, tactically, he'll maybe experiment a little bit more. I think Sacco picks himself. He's been excellent since he arrived at the club. Personally, I like Enna Valencia. I think he's a he's a very good player. You know, obviously he's got to get back from injury. Um, and then Jelovic, we've spoken about. It's I think he's a squad player. He's a third or fourth choice striker. So in terms of Andy, I mean, I, I, I don't know really. It depends on how they want to play. Um, you know, I think he's a fantastic option to have. You know, coming off the bench, it, it gives you everything you would want as an option. Um, would Andy Carroll be happy playing as a substitute or being a substitute all the time? I don't think he would. So, um, you know, there's a lot of games. Uh, you know, the, the one thing I would like us to do, if, it is, if it's at all possible, is to have a good cup run because, you know, it's been a while now. So was it coming up for 10 years, isn't it, since the um, since the fantastic cup final of 2006? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we flirted with the sort of quarterfinals and semifinals a few times in both competitions. And, you know, with the squad we've got, I think we should have a real go in the cup. So, you know, and to do that, you need to have the the, the, the squad players. So, you know, Andy, I think, will be a, a big part of our plans throughout the season. And, you know, if we get to the end of the season, he's not got back in the team because of how well the other two are doing. I mean, Paul Goddard, as I said earlier on, had a same experience. You know, me and Frank were in the team and he, he couldn't get past us and he eventually moved on. And, you know, that might well happen to Andy or whatever at the end of the season if he can't get in the team. If he gets in the team, bangs the goals in and goes on to become the West Ham legend we would all like him to be, then, mm. you know, I don't think anyone's going to be moaning. But, you know, again, it's just it's just exciting times, isn't it? We're talking about four top quality fours at the club. It is very exciting times. And uh, all leading to next season when we go to Olympic Stadium. Now, I know 
Um, I sat behind you in a, a supporters advisory board about two years ago when the plans were unveiled for the, yeah. the stadium and you, you gave a few words to all of us at that time. You've always been very pro. Have, have you been to the stadium? Do you, do you still remain in the same mind frame that you're excited about the stadium? Yeah, I, I haven't been to uh, the stadium, Sean. The last time I went was before the Olympics, 2011. So what's that? What, four years ago now? So obviously a lot of change at the stadium. Um, you mentioned the meeting two years ago, and I, I made I made um, two key points really. I think the, the the first was about the atmosphere because you know we've always had a special atmosphere at the bowling, and um, I wanted to keep the atmosphere. And now they've put the new roof on with the floodlights underneath. I think that's going to keep the atmosphere in the ground. That's going to be fantastic. And the other thing that I made the point of was bringing the supporters nearer to the pitch because if it stayed how it was in the you know the big sort of circle, the bowl that it is, then that fans would have been too far away from the pitch, but that's been solved with the retractable seating. So, yeah, I'm still very pro. It. I, yeah, it'd be nice to think that one day the club might ask me over to have a little look at what's going on and what I have done. We are I've... trying to arrange that, actually, because Frank said he hadn't been. Yeah. Uh, I did contact the club and spoke to the PR department and suggested that maybe they should get a few special tour for a few of the boys, the 86, yeah. to, to have a, a private view around the stadium. So that I would am, be lovely. I'm trying to yeah, that. thanks for your help. I won't hold my breath on it, but it would be nice to do that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in the meantime, I've, I've bought myself two season tickets. I certainly wasn't offered any complimentary, so I've bought two season tickets. And, you know, I've got twin boys who are uh, big West Ham fans. And, you know, one day when their dad's not around, they'll, they'll have the two season tickets as a legacy. And uh, I think it's important that we all try and embrace it and, you know, I, I don't think anyone wants to leave the, the bowling ground. I've said this and I'll say it again. And I don't want to, you don't want to, no one wants to leave the ground because of all our memories are there. But I'm just sick and tired of us not competing and not winning anything. You know, 35 mm. years, and I'm as guilty as anyone because I was, I was part of the teams that played. You know, 35 years for us not to have won a cup competition when you see the likes of Swansea and... Wigan and uh, you know other teams that have, that have won Birmingham have won a you know they've all won cup competitions in that 35 years you know West Ham haven't so obviously something's wrong somewhere the 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 bottom line nowadays is we all know you need as much money as possible to fund it you know you you mentioned the owners they've been brilliant they've they've invested their money this season which is great <laughs> with the new Sky deal there's going to be even more money washing around. Um, you'd like to think with the new stadium, it's gonna it's gonna free up even more money, and there'll be even more commercial money coming in for for them to invest and, and bring in better players. And the the, be- the more better players we get in, the the more chance we got of actually winning something. So it's all a bit of a vicious circle. But you know, unfortunately, we've we've all got to accept. You know, it's not if we leave Upton Park, it's when we leave Upton Park. Yeah. And we all need to get our heads around it. We all need to embrace it we all need to look forward to it and we all i think i don't know because i've not been there as i said but i think that when that first game comes around at the start of next season i promise you 100 percent, i will be there when that first game comes around i think we will all stand in the stadium and go wow this is our new home um you know if we wanted to we can host a champions league final at, at our ground and that's how good our ground's going to be there's only Old Trafford yeah. and Wembley that can do that, and you know, I think the wow factor is going to be there. And uh, I, I, wrote, know, I went to the Olymp- the um, Athletics recently, you know, after they they put the new roof on, and, and the atmosphere was amazing. I wrote a, an article, a blog for the club, yeah. and, and I said exactly that. The wow factor was still there. I went to the uh, Olympics at the opening yeah. ceremony, and I went back this summer. I know the rugby. I haven't been to the rugby yet, but I'm going to that later. Yeah. Um, to see the retractable seating, but every time I go to the stadium, 
there is that well factor. It's going to be a world class right. stadium. So you know, like I say, we we've all you know, I think we're all going to shed a tear at the Swansea game, and we know that. Um, and we're all going to try and get a souvenir of some sort. I certainly will be. But yeah, um, my you know, one coming with me. Yeah, exactly. I think once that's happened, um, you know, I think uh, we will all get our heads around the the stadium, and we're all going to look forward to it. And you know, the the theme of our conversation today, Sean, is you know, exciting times. You know, that's what yeah. we keep saying. There's so much for everyone to look forward to, and you know, um, part of being a West Ham fan is you, you, you seem to get more miserable moments than good moments. But, you know, when we do get the good moments, they are good. And, you know, I think there's, there, there is real exciting times around the corner. Yeah, fantastic. And I think that's a brilliant place to end, Tony. Um, thanks for being our guest on more than just a podcast and, and being the third Claret Hugh interview. Um, we look forward to seeing you. I know that people will be listening to this after you've done your appearance on Monday, but we're certainly... Uh, it's like they're sure not booing me when I go on the pitch. <laughs> you'll get a little bit of reception. applause for, for what we did 30 years ago, which would be nice. I'm sure we'll get a great reception. And, you know, I've always had a great relationship with the fans. So I look forward to uh, the Newcastle game. And obviously, uh, I'll touch base with you later in the season, Sean. Cheers, Tony. Thanks. Bye. Bobby Moore. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.